This is Skip Hall welcoming you to Heart of the Athlete, brought to you by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring athletes, coaches, and sports personalities of the Treasure Valley. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local Fellowship of Christian Athletes radio show here in the Treasure Valley in southern Idaho. And uh, my name is Ken Lewis. I'm the director for FCA here in Idaho. And I'm in with the studio here with me this morning is Pablo Moreno. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Oh, it's good to have you here, Pablo. And, and Pablo is our director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Ada County in the Boise area. So it's great to have you here. Before we listen to our speaker and our program today, we want to thank our sponsors. And without these sponsors, we would not have this show on the air. So first off is Jim's Well Drilling. Uh, he's got office in McCall as well as in Boise and just does incredible work. And if you need a well drilled on your property, give Jim a call or call us here at the station. We'll get you in touch with Jim and Jim's Well Drilling. Secondly, Coach Hall, uh, Hall and Associates. He coached at Boise State and uh, been involved in FCA for a long time and appreciate uh, Hall and Associates and their support of the heart of the athlete here, as well as Mike Verdon, former quarterback at Boise State, as well as is a head football coach at Meridian High School. Uh, Mike Verdon Auto and RV Sales there on the corner of Fairview and Curtis, and as well as Awakenings Coffee Shop there on Five Mile and Overland. We appreciate their support. Well, Pablo, tell the listeners about our, our program today. we got a special treat for them. Yeah, today's program, uh, we'll be listening to our camp speaker, Reggie Etheridge. And Reggie spoke for the first and second night of our camp that took place at uh, the end of last month. And uh, Reggie did an amazing job of just communicating the purpose of pain in, in the life of a believer and uh, Reggie is a youth pastor, probably the longest standing youth pastor that I know of in the Treasure Valley, uh, about 15 years at least. And he was actually the youth pastor that led the mission trip that I got saved on. So it was an honor having Reggie there join us. And um, as, as you listen to this, one thing you'll, you'll see is uh, he talks about that there's a, always a purpose for the problem and a, and a plan for the pain. Well, that's great. Well, folks, sit back and enjoy Reggie Etheridge. Hey, why don't you open your Bibles up to Romans 3.23. Last night, we talked about one passion, okay? And actually, we talked about two kinds of passion. We talked about the kind of passion that was self-centered, um, that the Bible would actually call the flesh. I mean, we talked about the kind of passion that I think is more heroic, that kind of passion where we're more sacrificial in our person, and it's not about us, but we're more like Christ. We're willing to be what God has made us to be to fulfill his purpose, not our own. That's the one passion that we desire for. And... Tonight, we are going to be talking about one pain. And let's read Romans 3.23. I had it saved in here. I must have moved it. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is what we're diving into. And it's kind of our, our, our it is not kind of our, our base passage. I'm going to read part of it, and then later on, we're going to come back and read the rest of it. Okay, Romans 3.23, it says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Um, do you guys know what the idea of sin is? Who can tell me? What is sin? What is sin? I see a little dude all the way back in the back. He's going to need a microphone. I know I told you I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this now. If I can get it off. There we go. Where'd the little man go? He disappeared. We're talking about sin and he took off. On. Oh, there he goes. All right. What's, what's sin? But what's your name? Judah, and sin is like something that is not good. Something that's not good. All right? 
future theologian right there. Does anybody want to add to that all the way over here? I'm coming over, man. Wait on me, dog. Here I come. All right. It's uh, anything that separates you from God. Okay, anything that separates you from God. Good. Anything that's not good, it separates you from God, which I love because in 1 John, we're told that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. Okay, so that darkness meaning evil, light meaning good, God is good, and there's nothing wrong in him. Who just had their hand up over here? You did. What's your name? Katie. Katie, what's sin? Um, it's stepping over a line that was never meant to be crossed. Stepping over a line that was never meant to be crossed, like wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt in here. Okay, all right, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Hey, we, you, you know Jesus, you love Jesus? I see you're forgiven, you're good. What's sin? Sin is missing the mark. Missing the mark. Did you guys hear that? Missing the mark. Can I ask, what is the mark? What's your name again? It's Josh. Matthew. Matthew, sorry, man. Josh's little brother. Okay, I got you. You look like Josh. So what, what is the mark? Can you tell me what the mark is? I'm kind of putting you on the spot right now. Hmm. My personal belief is that the, the spot that you're missing is um, allowing God to define good and evil. Okay, all right. So it's, I see some people over here who think they know. I'm going to go, hey, here we go. Check it out. Sidestep. All right. Come on. Can you guys pass that down over there? Any one of them who gets it first. The question is, what is the mark? Okay, sin is missing mark. What's the mark? Perfection. Yes. Yes. Give that man a round of applause. Okay, if I had some candy, I would give it to you, but I don't have any. You're at camp anyway, bro, so you don't need it. Okay, so perfection, missing the mark. Guys, sin stems from a Hebrew term that they would use for archers, that when they would take that arrow, strap it on the bow, they were shooting for that, and we know it to be red. The reason, you know why we see a red bullseye all the time? The store target. Okay, is it always red? No, it's not. Anyway, um, I read one point that that was actually gold. Um, and these guys would shoot for the gold mark. And if they hit the target, anywhere around that thing, it was a sin. They missed the mark. Because what's the mark? Perfection. The mark is perfection. The Bible tells us that we all have sinned. We've all missed the mark of perfection. There's not a single person in here who's perfect. Anybody want to claim perfection in here? Good. You are all sober-minded people, because I was going to call you a liar anyway. Okay? The fact that we have all fallen short of God's glory. Guys, we live in a jacked-up world. And there's a great poet who wrote quite a bit of poetry about some of the things in our world. Um, I'm going to start with this piece of poetry right here. Can you guys just snap for me? Like, snap with me. Same time, right here, come on. All right, there we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Not bad for white people. Yeah. Come on. I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. Sing it if you know it. It's gonna feel real good, gonna feel real good. It's gonna make a difference, gonna make it right. Come on. I turned up, turned up my collar on, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. 
I see the kids in the street without enough to eat. Who am I to be blind pretending that the needs? I forgot that lyric. I'm looking at it. Okay. Pretending not to see their needs. Guys, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, this is obviously a song by Michael Jackson called Man in the Mirror. Man in the Mirror. Okay. Um, he goes on, a summer's disregard, a broken bottle top, and one man's soul. You guys know the song. I can't help but to sing it. I got to sing it. They follow each other on the wind, you know. And because they know, no, no, no. That's so good to know. Come on, all right, hey. I'm asking him to. Come on, yeah. No, could have been any. If you want to make the world a better place, then take a look at yourself and then make that change. Woo! Um, sorry, I got into that a little bit. Okay. Hey, you guys would be a good choir, but check this out. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, another piece of poetry right here. There's a place in your heart, and I know that it is love, and this place be much brighter than tomorrow. You guys ever heard this song? Yeah? Okay. Heal the world. Not, but not that many people know it, though. Uh, and if you really try, you'll find there's no need to cry. In this place, you'll feel... There's no hurt or sorrow. Okay, keep listening. There are ways to get there if you care enough for the living. Make a little space. Make a better place. Heal the world. Make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race. There are people dying. If you care enough for the living, make it a better place for you and for me. Okay, um, let me just give you one more. This one, this one's a fun one. I'm gonna try to not mess up on this one, but it's the one that I knew, know the least. Um, so I'm only gonna sing a part of it, and then I want you guys to jump into the chorus if you know it, okay? So you gotta clap on this part, all right? So come on, give me a little clap. Same thing, same beat, right here, come on. Yeah, there you go. Hey, yeah, solid, come on. Skinhead, deadhead, everybody going bad. Situation, aggravation, everybody, allegation in the suit, in the news, everybody's going through. Bang, bang, shot dead, everybody's going mad. All I want to say is that they don't really care about us. Let me hear you say it. All I want. All I want to say is that they don't really care about us. Okay, um, so Michael has all these songs that I think are accurate depictions of the world that we live in. Okay, we live in a jacked up place, man. We, we live in a place where every day somebody's getting shot and is dying. We, we live in a place where we murder our children before they come out of the womb. We live in a place where in order to escape away from circumstances, people find some sort of substance so they can get high so it makes them feel better. They don't have the internal ability to feel okay because they look at this world and it's so hopeless. And man, I'm telling you, guys, we live in a world that is so broken. Um, let's see if I can get back to my notes. Yesterday we said, God's passion, my passion. Let me hear you repeat that again. God's passion, my passion. There's only one passion, to fulfill God's purpose. God's passion, my passion. Um, the dilemma 
that we deal with is that self-centered passion rules us. I'm sure that heroic passion, it sounds great, man. Lay down your life. Lay down your life so you can fulfill God's purpose. But you know what? We are ruled by that self-centered passion, and we cannot beat it. Even when you become a Christian, it's still with you, and you battle with it, you struggle with it. Paul says in Galatians that the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. They war with one another. See, when you're not a believer, when you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside you, that's not that big a deal. Okay, because you just, you're led by your flesh. You don't have any other choice. But then when you give your life to Christ, the Bible says that you become alive spiritually. And when you become alive spiritually, it starts a war inside of you. Because your flesh wants to continue to reign. But you're called to walk in the Spirit. And you become that schizophrenic Christian. That when you do bad stuff, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And then you're sorry for doing bad stuff. Like you were gung-ho about it. Come on, let's go do this. Yeah! And afterwards you're like, man, I suck. I hate this. And people are like, man, what's wrong with you? What is your problem? I don't understand why you're a party pooper all the time. We used to do this back in the day and you were cool with it, but now all of a sudden you got a conscience? It's because the Holy Spirit is living in you and he's trying to pull you out of the reign of the flesh, that you would walk in the Spirit, that you would fulfill the purpose that God put you here for. It's what we talked about yesterday. It's everything we talked about today. All right, yesterday. Today we're going to change it up a little bit. Everybody repeat this. God has a plan. plan. Say a little bit louder. louder. God has a plan. plan. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is a beautiful chapter, guys. And I'm going to tell you, in Romans chapter 7, Paul is dealing with some serious stuff. I mean, you remember that schizophrenic Christian I was talking about? Paul actually brings that to life in Romans chapter 7. He says, I know the things that I ought to do. But it's not those things that I do. It's the things that I ought not to do that I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man am I. Who will save me from this body of sin? Who will save me from this flesh? But he says, thanks be to God through Christ. Let's see what it says in the New Living. It says in verse 25 in chapter 7, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. But listen, guys, repeat this. God has a plan. plan. Say it loud. God has a plan. plan. See, we are not bound by this sinful nature, guys. You can defy it. You can defy it the minute you give your life to Christ. You can begin walking in the Spirit. You can begin fulfilling your purpose that you were here. Remember yesterday, Ephesians 4, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 2, 10. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in, which God prepared in advance that you would walk in them. Okay, you have a purpose. You're not some descendant from a monkey that's just floating around, partying up because you die tomorrow. You were put here for a purpose. Like, God designed you and that you would walk in that. And look what it says here in verse 1 in chapter 8. So, Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Skip all the way down to verse 18. He goes on to say, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will reveal to, to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. And against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. 
But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's creation or God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Verse 22, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies as he promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it, or we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. You are made with a purpose. Repeat it. God has a plan. God has a Never forget that God has a plan. Because no, you don't have to repeat that part. Um, how many of you guys think you're pretty good people? Sort of, kind of, sort of, sort of. And I'm, you know, I'm not even gonna pull the mic. I'm not gonna call anybody out. But I want you to ask yourself: Have you ever lied before? So what do you call somebody who's lied? Okay, you called yourselves a liar. Okay, have you, have you, ever, have you ever murdered somebody? I hear some people back there saying, yeah, you gangsters. Okay, but I know what they mean because they know what the scripture says. Because Jesus said, if you've ever hated someone without a cause, you've murdered them. Okay, he's going back to the spiritual part of the law. The law is spiritual. It works deep in us. God's written it upon our hearts. And when we defy it, we've said we've missed the mark. And when we hate somebody, it's the same seed as if we were going to murder them. You have to hate them before you can murder them. You will make up any reason to hate them if you want to murder them. That's where it starts. Okay, I'm over here on the guy side because it specifically addresses guys here. Guys, have you ever looked at a woman as to lust after her? Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Okay, the only guys that I would kind of have as the exception are probably the fifth and sixth grade kids back there. They haven't got there, but the day is coming, okay? Especially in the culture that we live in. The day is coming, okay? Ladies, I was told this by my wife. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just trusting that what my, uh, my wife wouldn't lie to me. Okay, but for a woman, it's to be lusted after. Have you ever desired to be noticed by a man before? Okay? Thank you for being honest. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you guys, can you pray for your brothers? <laughs> so... And here's another question. Has anybody ever cheated on anything before? Okay. Has anybody ever used God's name in vain? Okay, so what we're saying is we are a room full of lying, lust-filled, or should I say adulterous, blaspheming, 
cheaters. That's who we just confessed to be. So how many of you guys believe it when you, when you read the passage that says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? I hope you believe it. Because if you don't believe it, you're calling God a liar and you believe that you're perfect or somebody on the planet could be perfect. Sorry, guys. We've already established the fact that there's a passion that's in us that is so self-centered, it makes us miss the mark. Because it's all about us. It's got to be about Christ. Christ is the only way. There's no way to the Father except through me, Jesus said. Not me, him. Okay, he's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father except him. He's made it very plain. He's made it very clear. Um, one more time, repeat it. God has a plan. God has a plan. Guys, I want to explain to you the purpose that Jesus came here to the earth. Now, we've all heard it. You know, we've been in the Easter services. Maybe some of you guys have been a part of Good Friday services before. Has anybody ever been a part of that? Yeah, I love Good Friday services because Good Friday services help the joy on that Sunday, that Resurrection Sunday come about. Because the Good Friday service is all about the death of Christ. Now, we know that Jesus actually got two death sentences. Okay, because he was sentenced to be, sentenced to be scourged. You guys know what scourging is? Okay, it's when you take this whip and it's got sharp bone and all kinds of objects like maybe a metal ball or something like that inside of it. So when it hits the person, it sticks in them. And then when they rip it out, it rips flesh off of their back. And they've considered 40 lashes death. That's a death sentence. How many times did they hit Jesus? 39 times. Like one is going to matter at that point? I mean, you're already practically dead. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus had bone exposed in his back when they were done with him. They literally ripped the flesh off him. It was like just tearing paper. It was so open and so profusely bleeding. And then they take this crown of thorns and they beat it on his head with sticks. They put a cape on his back to mock him as the king of the Jews. They spat on him. They ridiculed him. And then they palmed him in the face while he was blindfolded. Has anybody ever taken a palm to the face? Man, no good. Has anybody ever taken a shot blindfolded? How many football players out there? How many have ever been blindsided before? What feels better, a shot that you see coming or one that you don't? You want to see it, right? Because the one that you don't, you can't protect yourself. They blindfolded him and repeatedly hit him over and over and over and over, mocking him. Who hit you? Prophesy, who hit you now? Okay, guys, this is the thing that Jesus subjected himself to. He could have stopped it at any moment. He could have stopped it at any moment. Remember he told Pilate, hey, you know what? My kingdom's not of this world. If I wanted to, I can call these angels and they'll come stop this thing. But he subjected himself to it. Um, he would then carry the patebulum, the crossbar, on that open back. And we know that he was pretty much gone at that point. Okay, Jesus was dying at that point. He couldn't make that mild journey to Golgotha where they would actually have those crosses planted in the ground. He fell. Guys, his hands were tied to this crossbar and he fell down. Can you stop yourself when you've got this big crossbar? They believe anywhere from 80 to 110 pounds was what this thing weighed. And it fell on top of him. He fell on his face. And they had to pick him up and make another guy, Simon of Cyrene, carry it to the cross. Well, folks, 
You just got done listening to Reggie Etheridge. He was uh, the speaker on the second night of our Northwest FCA sport camp that we had over at NNU last month, right? In June, Pablo. That's right. And uh, it was just an incredible time. And that was an incredible night of ministry as well. After Reggie got done uh, speaking, God just opened up the doors. A lot of kids responded to the move of the Holy Spirit that night, didn't they? That's right. When when Reg, you know, gave the opportunity for, for kids to receive the Lord, some students raised their hand and then... And then it was followed up with an evening where the students ended up coming forward with more students to publicly proclaim their, their faith to the Lord as, as they, they prayed together. And then their, their huddle leaders and coaches were there to pray for them. It was a powerful night of kids committing their life to the Lord. Wow, that's great. Well, folks, thanks for joining us this morning here on Heart of the Athlete here. And if you want any more information about the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, go to fcaidaho.org, fcaidaho.org. Well, Pablo, it's been great to have you here this morning. Hi, thanks, Ken.